The Portland Trailblazers return home. LaMichael James is in the Hall of Fame. The Pac-12 schedule is out. And I am emotionally distressed over a dating situation involving two heroes from my fandom. Ugh, just stressful. Anyway, I'm Aaron Fentress. Welcome to the Sports by Northwest podcast. I am joined by Brenna Green, sports anchor and reporter extraordinaire for Coin6. Brenna, how is your week gone? How are you doing? It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, something I did today uh, a little bit later on yeah. in the podcast. But yeah, I you know, I got to kind of meet one of my like, uh, I, I, I wouldn't call it childhood quite, but you know, uh, close enough. Young adult, young adult heroes. See, you yeah. met one of your young adult heroes. I'm distressed over something involving one, two of my young adult heroes. So we've got, you know, conflicting, you know, hero situations here. But we'll get to all of that as we move along today. I can't wait to talk about it. Just, you know, she talked to LaMichael James. Just so everyone knows right now, we're, we're going <laughs> to talk about the great LaMichael James here very shortly. But first, let's talk about the Blazers. When we last left you, last excuse me. When we last left you on our last episode of this podcast, we were both wondering what the Blazers were going to do with this home stretch. Now they lost to Cleveland after we lasted the podcast, and they beat Dallas twice over the weekend. Went to Denver and lost, which we all expected, I imagine. Came back now home, Philadelphia Thursday night, six straight home games, eleven of fourteen at home. We're pretty much past the midway point, so. Brenna, I want to know from you, and then, of course, I'll give my answer to this question. Where do you see this team right now, and where is your midseason prediction for where they're going to be at the end of the regular season? In the playoffs, the play-in, or out? Okay, first of all, I just want to say that I think that Gary Payton the second and Nasir Little have been as advertised. They came back, they gave this team a lot of juice, a lot of energy off the bench, and that has been so huge for this team because they just needed some fresh blood out there to really um, kind of re-energize them. And I and I see that right now um, with this team, with both of those players. It is so nice to look at that injury report and only see one player out and not have 15, you know, it's not, it wasn't 15, <laughs> but sometimes it felt like 15 like guys eight Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, like, jeez. Um, so that is really nice to not have to be like, to just like see this team, like not in their full form, but it's so hard to find a team in their full form in the NBA ever. There's always like one guy out who's injured. So, uh, you know, this is this is pretty good. Um, and they, they look better. Uh, they definitely look better with those two guys fully back. Um, I, I definitely think right now they're, in my eyes, they're a play-in team. Um, the West is the West has so much parity, so you never know. They might sneak into that sixth spot. Um, but but right now, in my eyes, they're a play-in team. Um, I think they're going to be able to pull out enough games to get to that point. Um, and I think that's, I you know, I don't I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that was kind of what we expected going into this season. So obviously you want a team to beat Fair expectations, enough. but you know, this, this, that's kind of what we saw this team anyways at the beginning of the year. So um, no skin off my back there. What about you? Well, 
I've been giving this team the benefit of the doubt for most of the first half. And I like to see, you know, things play out. I like to see certain things balance out. And I like to sort of compare the team I'm analyzing to other teams that they're competing with and sort of, sort of see some of the things that are going on with those teams and how they sort of fit. And I'm going to continue to give this team the benefit of the doubt um, up until they completely prove me wrong to have done so because they have played a lot more road games than home games. Their best player was out for 12 or 13 games. They've had a lot of other injuries. They just went like a month or so without basically six, seven, eight in the rotation, which is Peyton, Nasir, and Winslow uh, with two of those three now back. Now, at the beginning of the season, had you told me um, that those three would miss the entire season, right, and that your six, seven, eight would be Shaden Sharp, 19, um, Jabari, and uh, who else? Uh, Eubanks. And then Watford, I'd have been like, yeah, they're cooked. They might not even make the plan because that's not enough depth. So when teams go out, when they're clearly dealing with some adversity and they lose, I don't freak out as much as some people do. And when you look around the NBA, especially the West, every team has gone through these, these down you know, swings. Like look at, look at Phoenix. They lost Booker. They've won one of their last team, excuse me, 10. They were the top team in the West not too long ago. Dallas is finally coming out of the funk, but even they're up and down. They just lost three in a row. The Warriors won the championship last year. They were struggling even before Curry got hurt. Curry's back. You know, they've won six of the last 10, but they're 500. So you look at the West, the Blazers are in 11th place entering the Philly game, uh, but they're only one game out of sixth, and sixth is Utah, a team they play in, in a few days during this next these next six games. So if they win four of the next six at home, they could easily jump literally to five or six, just like that. Yep. So I'm going to yep. give them benefit of the doubt and say, let them get whole, let the, the home games and the road games balance back out, okay, and then see if they're due for a seven of nine, a 10 of 11 or whatever in terms of winning. And then boom, right, they're right back in the top four. And they were like, hey, what's going on? Oh my God, we're going to playoffs. So I'm going to reserve judgment, even though I told you to give judgment. I'm going to cheat. Oh, okay, that's cheating. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to totally cheat. But I'm going to say that I do believe, I do believe that if they stay healthy the rest of the season, they will finish yeah. in the top six. Yeah, oh, it's huge. Yeah. They will finish in the top six. Like they will legitimately not have to be in the plan. That's my prediction for them. I, yeah, I mean, I guess we just hope that they stay healthy because. <laughs> That has been a struggle yes, this year so struggle. far. One other thing to point out real quick. Um, how about Damien? Damien had a stretch where he was not playing good basketball at all. Like it was it was pretty bad. But the last six games, yeah, six games, shooting 54%, 38 on three. And it's only 38 because he had one really bad game in the sixth. The rest he's just been lights out. Averaging mm-hmm. 39 points, 6.7 assists, 3.5 rebounds per game. He is looking like an MVP caliber player, and they won a few games in the process. What do you make of his outburst lately? Uh, they desperately need it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I saw Kevin Pel- Pelton tweet that uh, he's averaging something like 28.6 points in the first half yeah, his over first the last half like, three games. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. That, I mean, yeah, he's averaging what in the first half, what most players are averaging. Like that, that, that's like what a good player in the NBA averages over an entire game. That's that's a really good player. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely been needed. He stepped his game up, but he can't he can't do it alone. And that's that's been proven time and again 
here in Portland. So he really needs. He'll, he'll, he'll wear down a breakdown. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, he, he really needs, you know, and there's been moments where Nurk has had good games. There's been moments where Josh Hart has had good games, but he needs a reliable second option. Jer- Jeremy's had good games. Obviously, I mean, he's one of their, you know, but there's no consistent second second option on this team right now. It's kind of a, a rotating second option every night, which I guess in some ways is nice for teams, for, for them to prepare for teams because teams then have to kind of prepare for multiple guys. But at the same point in time, you really need that. You really need a reliable number two that you know every night is going to, you know, get like 20. Um, and that's... That's been another another struggle. So and an, an efficient I, twenty too. Yeah, that's, it's got to be an efficient yes. twenty. That's that's been the biggest problem. Biggest and, and Grant can get yes. twenty, but are they yes five for seventeen or are they eight for eight for fourteen? So uh, yes. Now yes. Lillard, prior to the six games I mentioned, and seven games prior to that, Lillard shot. Oh my goodness, I just lost it. Oh, wait, hold on a second. He's shooting twenty five percent on threes. Um, in the prior seven seven games, so that's how much he's improved the three point shooting, which obviously is one of the mainstays of his offensive ability. So Dame's back in great form. They got a bunch of games at home. I think they're going to rattle off a bunch of victories. I think they're going to be in that top six, and if they stay healthy, they're going to stay there. So look at me being positive. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, next, let's get right to this one. Well, Michael James. So name to the Hall of Fame. You tracked him down and had an interview with him today. It's going to air on Coin tomorrow. What time? Uh, five forty ish. Five forty. And then it'll air at, and then it'll air at ten forty, and then it'll air at eleven. Uh, eleven twenty. So, nice. There you go. Yeah. You were a young adult fan of Lamichael James, yes. a longtime fan of the Ducks. So he's mm-hmm. obviously one of your Duck heroes. You got a chance to interview him. I mm-hmm. covered the Lamichael years, so I've known him for a long time as well. Uh, give us a little sneak peek about uh, yeah. about this interview. Yeah, it was it was really interesting because he said he got a call from somebody in the U of O athletic department. They're like, "Hey, we're going to send you something. Um, you know, what's your address? Whatever." And he's like, "Oh, great! I'm getting a pair of shoes. This is awesome. Yeah, let's go. I love getting <laughs> I love getting you know Nike swag. Oregon's always sending out swag. I've been real quick. I've been in the NFL locker rooms. Like when I was yeah. in Atlanta, I went to try and say hello to Kenyon Barner, and I went by his locker room, and he wasn't there, but he had a bunch of boxes with organ stuff on it yeah <laughs> like they just send that stuff all over the place anyway go ahead oh what a life um and <laughs> i i do like my sneakers so you know yeah it's nice must be nice um so yeah so he got the box and he's like well this isn't a pair of shoes i'm gonna go walk the dog uh and i'll open this when i get back so he like it he he was like he was like let down you know let down and then he went. He wanted an- yet another pair of shoes. He right? wanted another pair of shoes, and he got back, and then he opened it. And then he was like kind of confused at first as to what it was, and then he finally had to have like somebody else read it to him, and then he understood like, oh, this is for the co- like I'm going into the college football hall of fame. <laughs> so he just was like completely. He had he he had no he had some idea that maybe this was coming, but he didn't know when, he didn't know how, you know, whatever. So, um, so I thought yeah. that was kind of a, a cool story of how he just, it didn't even register for him. So, so yeah. Um, um, how long did you talk to him for? Oh, probably like 10, 15 minutes on camera. We'll, we'll cut it up and put Ooh. it into a piece. So yeah. 
Well, Michael can be kind of quiet at times. Yeah. Did you get Did you get him to talk? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he had some good things to say. Good. So, yeah, yeah, I was. So, so obviously, for you, one of the greatest ducks of all time. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. Well, for anybody, mm -hmm. but do you consider him the greatest Oregon running back of all time? You know, just like looking over the stats, because I was looking over the press release that they sent out before I did the interview about him going into the College mm -hmm. Football Hall of Fame. And I mean, God, the only consensus two-time All-American in program history. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's it's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, and you think of all the people who have come through Oregon. So, I mean, just that alone, I, th I think you have to say yes. I, I, you know, he was so dominant back then. I mean, his to this day, I mean, you know, there's only two teams that have gone to the national championship and his was one of them. So, and, and that game was a lot closer than the, uh, than the other national championship game. <laughs> uh, Michael Dyer was down. Um, that's his name, right? The running back. And, <laughs> don't get, yeah. Don't get yes. Don't, yes. don't, don't begin to start. I've got I've got I've got two play hills. I've got two hills. Play through the whistle. There 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 are two hills I will die on. That one. Okay. And Kennedy Meek's hand was out of bounds during the NCAA championship uh in 2018, where Gonzaga lost. And they would have turned the ball over oh, and okay. given Gonzaga the ball back. But no, they gave it to North Carolina instead. Mm. Okay, Michael Dyer's wrist was allegedly down. Play through the whistle, finish the play, and then you don't have to worry about it. But I still, I still think they're going to drive anyway. Whether it's it's fair. Not a lot. It's not like it was fourth down. But anyway, that's fair. That's, that's another fair. story. Yeah, I think I think my I, I will still, say I think I think I will die more on the Kennedy Meek sand one than uh than <laughs> than the other one. Um, so yeah, I mean I I think that's I, I think it's hard to say say no now uh you know in terms of pro careers I, there's definitely been ones i think who had more sustained pro careers than him but in terms of what he did at u of o i think you have to go to michael what about you oh 100 percent when you take the entire package together i think it's clearly him I, I think for me the very best running back is still jonathan stewart in terms of overall talent ability he was a first round pick he had a great mm -hmm. pro career um bigger just as fast, but I think, you know, he only had one healthy season. He didn't come back for a year. That would have been a Heisman candidate year. He went to the pros, which was a smart thing to do. Royce Freeman had more total yards, but it took him four seasons to surpass Michael yeah. and what he did in three seasons. Uh, when you look at when he did what he did, 2010, first Oregon team never go 12-0, first Oregon team never go to the national championship game. He, Michael James was the face of that team. The next year they won the first Rose Bowl in 85 years for Oregon. He was the face of that team. Uh, he won three straight. He was a lead guy on three straight pack title teams, you know. And so yeah. for most people, obviously, um, Mike, excuse me, Lamar, Lamarcus. I did this on Talking Ducks too, Lamarcus, Michael, James, Mariota, whatever. Anyway, for most people, Marcus Mariota, greatest player in program history. And when a lot of people think of the Blur Offense era, they think of him. But for me, Lamarcus was the face of that era more so, even though uh, Marcus won the Heisman because he was at the the forefront of that and making that grow and making that offense what it was. And then Mariota came in after Michael yep. left. Mariota only won one Pac-12 title. Obviously, uh, he won the Heisman, went to the National Championship game. But for me, the whole impetus for what that offense was about revolved around what Michael was able to get give you from the running back position. And it's just his toughness at 5'9", 190 pounds. I mean, he played like a guy who was more like six foot 220, ran between the tackles. Obviously, he could get outside and be quick and fast. But, yeah, he was he was the motor for those teams. 
and for putting the Oregon program uh, to, to another level that they had never really achieved before. So, yeah, greatest running back of all time and, and probably what, top five, top three player of all time? Top two? Is it, is it Marcus and LaMichael? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a legit, legitimate argument. So. I think it is. That's cool you got that interview. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we're going to get him on Talking Ducks at some point. He was supposed to come on this week, but he got sick. I mean, plus, he's, he just opened a new Killer Burger in Eugene, which looks yeah. awesome. They got murals and stuff of, of former greats. Uh, so be sure you get out there and check it out. It's a, definitely a great experience for the Oregon fan. Yes. Well, speaking of Oregon and Oregon State football, Pac-12 schedules released on uh, Wednesday. Aaron, what do you think of Oregon and Oregon State schedules, how this all kind of shakes out for them? Well, let's start with Oregon State. Um, very weak non-conference schedule. They should sweep that. San Jose State, UC Davis. San Diego State's not awful, but I would expect yeah. that you would beat them at home, especially especially with DJ Uyunglele. Did I get it? Uyunglele. You, you were very Uyunglele. close. Was that close? Uyunglele. Yes. Is that better? Yes. Oh, young yes. Okay. DJ. Anyway, <laughs> the Pac-12 is, is just going to be wild. I, I think the conference is going to cannibalize itself. I don't think there's any chance in hell that a playoff team is going to come out of the conference. No Fair. offense to anyone. But Oregon State has Utah at home, UCLA at home, Washington at home, and, of course, they go to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So in terms of their toughest games, most of them are at home. So that gives them a great shot to obviously win maybe two of those three games, coupled with the soft non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say nine and three. What are what are your losses in there? Uh, okay, I kind of go by potential losses okay. before because college football, college football to me it's just so random, like in, yeah. in so many different, even more so than the NFL. And so I look at a, at a body of teams and say, okay, I think they're going to lose X amount in this group. I can't necessarily say which one because. You know, things, just crazy things happen. Like, yep. for instance, I picked Oregon to beat Washington, and then Bo Nix gets injured. Yep. I can't predict that. Nope. You know, I picked Oregon State to beat Oregon, but that only happened because it's just a fluke collapse by Oregon. I mean, Oregon, yep. to me, was a better team. But anyway, so anyway, so things to be random. So for me, potential losses, obviously, Oregon, Washington, I think Colorado at Colorado. We got to wait and see, though, what Colorado's all about. Yeah. Colorado could be just all – you know, glitz and glamour exactly. with prime time there and just need a couple of years to get rolling, or they could come out the gate and just be money. But at, on the road, I think that's possible loss. UCLA is going to be tough, obviously. Uh, Utah. So but there's five right there that I think are definitely potential losses. Um, there's probably going to be an upset somewhere in there. So that's why I'm, I'm going to say nine and three. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's a very, <laughs> it's a, it's a very friendly schedule for the Beavers to say the least. I mean, like you said, all of their tough games, with the exception of Oregon, are at home. That's huge. That Utah game at home on the 29th, originally I wanted to give it to Utah. But now I'm a little bit like, I think Oregon State <laughs> has the edge here because Utah is playing UCLA the week before. That's going to be a good competitive game. Um, as long as, you know, Dante Moore is as advertised. If he gets to start. I know there's another quarterback who transferred in there as well. Dante, let me just say this. Dante Moore is not going to be ready to start for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly doesn't mess around when it comes to quarterbacks. All the Dante Moore crying and whining and all that kind of nonsense that Oregon fans, they, people are not going to miss Dante Moore. I'm just putting it out there. 
I uh, I hit a nerve there. Okay. Um, it's just I just don't like crying over kids who haven't played it down yet. It's like I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about Dante Moore. Dante Moore. That dude's. If he starts for Chip, I'll be floored. Go ahead. Okay. In his freshman year. His freshman I mean, year. you would you would understand this more than me. So. Um, uh, so, but that, that you watch him win the Heisman, watch him win the Heisman. I will burn this. <laughs> Never I didn't say what you're talking about, Brent. I didn't say that. I didn't say Never that, said that at all. Um, so that, that Utah game is in Corvallis on a Friday after Utah comes off of playing UCLA. Meanwhile, on the other hand, Oregon state is playing Washington state the week before. So that is very, very friendly for the Beavers in terms of the fact that, you know, I think that we can confidently say that Utah is projected to have a better season than Wazoo. So uh, that is, that's going to be something to, you know, I, I think that that leans the Beavers favor. Um, yeah. I mean, just looking at this schedule, I could see a real situation that they're like, it, it, it's very possible that they could be undefeated heading into November. It is very possible Ooh. looking at this schedule. I think now, do they drop a game that they shouldn't drop? That definitely happens in college football. That could totally happen. But this is, you know, I mean, really, your two tests are Utah and UCLA, and those are both at home. So that's 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 very friendly for them. They're going to be opening that brand-new stadium next year. It's going to be juice in there all year long. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick him to have two losses. Ten and two. Yeah. Now I, I imagine this means in your mind that DJ is going to be special. I think that I think that DJ, I think DJ is going to find a more um, supportive environment in Corvallis, mm. and that's what he okay. needs. Um, I mean, I think he's going to be able to be around his family a lot more. I think his family means a lot to him. Would not be surprised. I think I said this on an earlier broadcast. Would not be surprised if those parents end up, you know, buying a place in Eugene or Corvallis to, you know, see both Albany? their sons. Yeah, wait, Albany, you know. Wait, is Albany before Corvallis or after Corvallis? Honestly, couldn't tell you. Whenever I'm going down there on Saturday. How many times before, have I made that drive? I'm pretty sure Albany's I, after, right? I, 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 I can understand why it's all a blur to you, too, because you just do it so much that you're oh just like, God, oh, we're horrible. doing it again. That's horrible. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta look this up. Keep, keep talking while I look this up. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so I, I mean, they have a, they're going to have a really decent offense, I think. And I think, and obviously that defense is projected to do really, really good things. So, um, that is, they've got, they, they've, they've got a very, uh, if I were the Beavers, I would be very pleased with this schedule that they got. It is very Oregon State friendly, and we all know how the Wazoo's and the Oregon State's of the world normally don't get friendly schedules in this conference. So um, that is that is very nice. Now, meanwhile, for the Ducks, do they have a fun October? <laughs> it looks like Albany's like, after Corvallis before Eugene. Albany's all okay. There I you made go. that drive six billion times, and I couldn't remember. But I, I got it right the first time. I said Albany then anyway. Continue. Yes. My bad. I digress. Uh, at Washington on October 14th, Wazoo at home, uh -huh. which Wazoo has consistently Ooh. given them struggles. By the way, Wazoo has also given Oregon yep. State struggles. I mean, gosh, they didn't beat them for like six years coming into this, this season. And then at Utah on October 28th. That is 
that's 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 tough right there. So I, that's going to really be where I think we f- where we find out who this Oregon team is as well, because it's not like their non-conference is that much better than Oregon State's. Let's be honest. I mean, you have that game at Texas Tech, but Texas Tech isn't. They don't have the same projections that Oregon does next year. Let's put it that way. That's going to be the, the Tyler Shuck revenge bowl, though. Yes, it is. It is. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. I'm, I'm excited for that game. But, um, I mean, I think that they should be 5-0 and going into the month of October. So, um, yeah, that, that, that October – that October stretch is I'm I'm fascinated by it already. What about you? So, so what's your call? What's my call? I'm I'm uh let's see. Yeah, I think I'm going I think I'm going nine and three on them. I think so you got the Beavers finishing ahead of the Ducks. That I means do. you pretty much have the Beavers beating the Ducks. I actually have Oregon beating Oregon State. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I all right. Well, I'm I'm with you on nine and three. Yep. <clears throat> um, you know, you take out Georgia, you bring in Texas Tech. Clearly, <laughs> that gives you a better chance to win that big mm-hmm. non-conference matchup. But it is on the road, uh, and it, unless Dan Lanning and company can fix the defense, which has been a problem the past two seasons, yep. Tyler Shuck's going to put up some points. Yeah, put up some numbers. So it could be it could be a shootout. It could be a close game. But I'm going to go with Oregon. Uh, in that game, I say they come out of that three and Colorado, we're still wondering to see what Colorado is going to be, but I'm going to lean on the side of Oregon. Stanford, I just can't buy anything about Stanford right now. That puts them at five and zero, so we agree there. Then you've got Washington. To me, is losable. Obviously, Utah is losable. Those are both going to be on the road, whereas this past season they were home. Yep. And then you add USC in place of UCLA. Yep. USC's at home, but still, I'd rather play UCLA at UCLA than USC at home, especially if USC adds some players to help that defense because uh-huh. you know it's going to be money. And then, of course, Oregon State's going to be Oregon State. So I just I just feel like unless the defense um, is elevated, and then, of course, you have a lot of bodies to replace on the offensive line as well. Yeah. Unless the defense goes from the 70s to the 30s or 20s, I just see three losses because you're just going to be in close games because your defense is going to be susceptible. And the more close games you're in, the more likely it is you're going to drop a couple. These are college kids. Things happen. You drop punt snaps. You know, you blow coverages. Someone gets injured. Boom, you're losing a football game. So I'm going with 9-3 right now until I see an elite, not elite level defense, but a, a top tier defense, you know, not below elite. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying that USC defense even with uh... – Better people there. Um, so Grinch, bad. You, how do you, I just never Grinch, Grinch has not had a sterling track record since he left Wazoo. Let's put it that way. Uh, his best days so far in terms of defense were at Washington State. That's just that's just that's a fact. I feel like um, their defensive coordinator. In case you don't know who that is, um, I. Which, by the way, you know my thought. My thought on that USC game was. What do you think the point total over under is going to be on that game? Because on Oregon and Washington State, no, Wait. Oregon on, and USC. Oregon USC. Oh, um, oh, I, I, I'd have it at seventy-eight, eighty-two, somewhere in there. That's what I was thinking. I was like eighty and a half. <laughs> like it's gonna be. That game is going to be bonkers in terms of scoring. It might be one of those games, whoever has the ball last is who wins. Like, that might be what that game is. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I, I, I think that I think they probably drop e- either or of the USC or Oregon State games. So right now I'm picking Oregon over over Oregon State because I think that uh, I think how they lost this year is going to really stick in their craw uh, for <laughs> a while. <coughs> Sorry, um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think. It's it's not fun on a podcast when you agree about nine and three, but I also care about being right. So, yeah. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with agreeing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It means we're both on the same track and we're going to we double the chances of being right. Yes. All right. Let's move on to a former Oregon Duck, the beloved Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers, who made his first playoff appearance over the weekend at Jacksonville against another young Superstar quarterback in the making, not superstar yet. Potential superstar, I should say, in Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half. The Chargers led 27 to 0 and somehow managed to lose 30 to 27. Herbert has taken some heat for this, maybe justifiable, maybe not. We're going to talk about that. Clearly, it was a team loss. You blow a 27 point lead, unless Herbert threw four or five interceptions himself. You can't really blame it on him, which he did not. He did not throw one interception. But, Brenna, what do you make, one, of the collapse, two, of Herbert's role in the collapse, and three, of the general dysfunction of this franchise? They're going to change offensive coordinators. There was rumors they were going to maybe fire the coach and bring in Herbert's third head coach, and it would have been third head coach in four years. Chances are, if they don't succeed next year, that guy's going to get fired. They're going to bring in another coach in his fifth year. He's got a contract decision coming up here soon in terms of signing an extension. What do we make of this madness? Is it just Justin's just still young? Let's just let him grow, which is what I think, and let the let the, the franchise grow. Or is this collapse an indictment on everything that's going on down there? I was kind of shocked that Staley didn't get fired in Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's an all-time playoff <laughs> loss. All time. Uh, do I think it's the, the the heat is definitely way more on that coaching staff and to be frank, that defense for letting the foot off the pedal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, blame goes all around. I mean, they shouldn't have scored three points after going up 27 to nothing like that. That's, that's not great either. Um, but I definitely think the majority of the blame goes on that coaching staff. Now I think the big reason why Staley isn't gone is because they don't want to have to pay that uh, pay that contract out to him and then have to pay another coach on top of it. Who, 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 what's happening here? Uh, uh, NFL franchise being uh, economically savvy. What's going on? Uh, I, what, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would be pretty, I, I hope they turn it around down there, but it seems like there's uh yeah, I mean Staley, Staley, Staley made some questionable decisions to playing Mike Williams in the last game of the season when it didn't matter. And then guess what? He's hurt. Their best receiver out, and I, I definitely think that would help Herbert. So you know, there's there's been a lot of questionable decisions made down there. It hasn't exactly been the most functional franchises. We'll see what Herbert does. I I feel like he enjoys being down there, and I. I think he came out in support of his head coach, if I'm remembering correctly, and yeah. said some said some words of support for him. But Herbert's never going to say anything controversial. Well, I shouldn't say never, but yeah, he, he would not throw his coach under the bus. He's no, not that kind of kid. definitely not. Definitely not. 
he's very he he's very PC. He's not going to come out like J.K. Dobbins and say, "Hey, why wasn't I running the ball?" and then get his offensive coordinator fired <laughs> later. I mean, that's 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 a power move right there. I respect it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I in terms of the future for Justin, I mean, I think. I think you have to look outside. I think you have to do your, do your due diligence, but I, I, it's definitely a toss up for me right now. Um, so we'll, he seems like he's a really loyal guy. That's the thing. He strikes me as that kind of person and he wants to be loyal. He, he wants to be loyal to the franchise who drafted him. So, and gave him his first opportunity. So. Yeah. I think we're a long ways away from him. You know, throw on the, the franchise under the bus. It's, it's, it's only his third year. I think if he gets to year six or seven and it's, there's still dysfunction, I think that's when you start thinking about making some kind of career move or push. Maybe if he signs an extension, he makes it short and gives himself an early opt out if he really feels like there's problems there. But we're so young into his career. I mean, it, he could easily play till he's 40 years old. Like he could easily have in a 17 year career. We're only after year three. As far as the game goes, it's one of those situations where he didn't play poorly. He didn't do anything to hurt his team. He didn't have a lot of turnovers. He didn't have any turnovers. But greatness is, you know, defined by moments when you elevate your team, especially at that position. Every great quarterback, you can point to moments in big games where yep. they did things that were special. He didn't do anything in this game that was special. That doesn't mean he uh, is, is, you know, less than or not going to be a great quarterback. He's a great talent. He's not a great quarterback yet. Great quarterbacks don't throw as many interceptions as he does. Uh, great quarterbacks can lift their teams to a victory in that in that situation. He's not there yet, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can't just throw the word great around to everybody. Everybody can't be a great quarterback, or now great becomes average. Uh, Talent-wise, like I said, he, he's off the charge, and I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to have some great moments. I'll be shocked if he isn't a league MVP someday. I'll be shocked if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. But they have to give him some consistency. Like, just pick a coach, maybe it's Staley, and just stick with it and just make adjustments as you go. Firing and changing coach and blaming this person. It's just we want Justin Herbert in year ten to have had eight different playbooks. Like that doesn't make any sense. No. Like, keep things consistent for the kid. Let him grow. Keep his wide receivers healthy. He had a lot of injuries at wide receiver this year. And like you just said, Mike Williams wasn't available in the playoff game. So if you get him some health, healthy receivers. I'm not blaming the receivers. Things happen. Uh, but I think he's going to be just fine. I, I didn't like the fact that people were blaming him after the game. I thought that was kind of juvenile. But that's Twitter, right? Uh, so anyway, he's in, he's in a, he's in a good place. And look, if, if I have a choice, here's the other thing. He's in LA. Like where, where else would you rather be if you're going to be a star quarterback with matinee idol looks that like he has than Los Angeles? Plus, how do you know if you leave, you're not going to go to another dysfunctional situation? The only place where I would consider leaving if I were him, if it, if it was available, would be Belichick in New England. Cause at least now you know you have a coach who's not going to be touched who's obviously done great things with other quarterbacks, won six Super Bowls with one of them. But anywhere else, almost anywhere else you go, except maybe Pittsburgh, Tomlin's pretty untouchable, you could run into a situation where it could be just as dysfunctional, and then that franchise is turning over coaches. So I think you should stay right where he is and just let things figure themselves out over the next few years. I'm thinking about what's next for us in this podcast, and that is uh, the Aaron Fentress therapy session. That's where my mind is right now. Are you ready, Aaron? Did you take any psychology classes? Did you take any psychology classes in college? I took one. 101, baby. You took one? Yeah. That might be enough because okay. I'm going to need some definite help here. All right. Aaron, okay. you have the pop, floor pop for our pop culture, pop culture segment. segment. 
So it appears that after months of rumors and denials, that my two all-time basketball heroes, next to Magic Johnson, Magic's my favorite player, but number two and three are Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. It appears that Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, Larsa Pippen, is dating Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. On one hand, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Who am I to worry about this? But I just feel like it's causing some distress in the Bulls sphere. And it's just, you know, I, I was a junior high school kid when Jordan came to my favorite college team, North Carolina. So I've been a Jordan fan all through junior high, high school, my adult life. When they drafted Pippen, I was still in college. So obviously I became attached to Pippen. Watched those guys win six titles together. And I just romanticized my my sports heroes from when I was younger. Like I want them to be BFFs. And whenever I hear about any controversy or whatever, it just drives me nuts. Now I'm not saying there's necessarily a controversy here. We haven't heard anything from Jordan. We haven't really heard anything from Pippen. But it's still just kind of disheartening that this is happening because it just feels weird. And it just bothers me. So I'm asking you, Dr. Green, Wow. Am I first, overreacting? First and, Am I overreacting? First and last or? time I'll ever be referred to as that. <laughs> I'll take it. In this case, you're qualified as a as a doctor to help me through this. Yeah. Through this so I mean am, am I overreacting? No, it's super it's right weird. Here I have with me. It's right here with me. I have my Michael Jordan starting lineup, Scottie Pippen starting lineup. And I just want there to be harmony. And Pippen was saying some crazy things about Jordan because of the last dance thing. That was yeah. out of control too. And he even tried to say that was messy. LeBron was better than Michael. Which really, yeah. And then now this, it's just, I just, I just don't need this in my life. No, it's, it's extremely weird. I'm, I, you know, I. Weirder than, weirder than me having these? No, that, you know what? <laughs> we all have our, we all have our childhood obsessions. I understand that. Um, hey, this Jordan's worth bank, by the way. Yeah. People who are listening are like, wait, what's going on? Um, I have starting line of figurines of Jordan and Pippen. There we go. Anyway, um, go ahead. No, it's it's weird. I don't know what the age difference is, but there's got to be a gap going on there. Uh, which, you know, like you said, the heart was what, what it wants, but this is. She's 48. I think Marcus is 32. Okay. Yeah, 32. Oh, gosh. So that's just, basically someone you know, my yeah, age I, I, dating a 48-year-old. I couldn't process that personally, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, it's, it's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you for uh, having some reservations about this situation. Or, reservations might not be the right word. Um, some anxiety about this situation it is i i feel weird about it and i'm not a bulls fan so i think you are totally justified sir <laughs> yeah okay. I, I like how i like how michael hasn't said anything because what's he gonna say and yeah Scott there, there's nothing for him either. to say I, I think both they're they're both taking the high road which i appreciate um We'll see how long that lasts, but oh, yeah, it's it's just it's just bothering me. Okay, is Larsa still on that Real Housewives right. show, or is she off the Real Housewives of Miami? Because she was on that show. I don't know. 
Because if she if she is still on it, oh man, I might have to tune in next season. Like that. She start. She started in OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if she's still on that show or not. But if she is, I'm. That's um. Oh, that's a must watch. Yeah, that's a must I, watch. Yeah, right? it is. Let me see here. Lost of Hope and Real Housewives. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, don't, she's, know. I don't know if she's going to be on the next season, but yeah, but if she, she is, if she is on, on this on season. <laughs> she's going to be. She is on the current season that's you, airing right now. It says Real Housewives of Miami recap. Oh Marsa is uninvited to Nicole's party over rumor. Um, <gasps> so <laughs> this is going to be a new segment, the Larsa Pippen update. Yes. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll dive more into that and see and see if there's going to be some juicy tidbits to come out of that. Shout out oh, to Bravo cameras. Um, hopefully, yeah. they, hopefully they got some of this for us. Um, I pay, pay her what okay, she wants so you, for this next have, season. We have to see this unfold. Exactly, exactly. And we need Marcus to show up. We need Pip. We need Scotty and Marcus to show up in the same spot. Oh yeah, that's that's some high grade television right there. Okay. I would actually watch that. All right, so you have your own. Yeah, so you have your own in, thing here. Your own in pop other, culture. Another uh, celebrity relationship stuff. Miley Cyrus came out with a song last week. It's called "Flowers." If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I was jamming out to that song last week. I just Love listened it. to it. It's pretty. It's pretty nice. It's, it's pretty. pretty it's 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 a bop. It's a bop. That's all I got to say. It's a bop. However, okay. I, you can kind of tell that it's about her ex, Liam Hemsworth. But then I read a whole story about all the different things in there that obviously point to him. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. I, I personally would never dispel my tea into my art, probably. But, boy, do I love it when other people do it. Uh, and this is just this is some, <laughs> this is some great stuff. Uh, first of all, okay, she came out with a song on January 13th. January 13th uh, is Liam Hemsworth's birthday. Amazing oh. work just right off the top. We are pointing right to it. And by the way, uh, this That is, wasn't an accident? That wasn't an accident? I don't think so. I mean, it, no, it was it's not. Friday. I'll say it for you. No way that's an accident. Yeah. No way that's an accident. Also, no when, she way. Tweeted, when she tweeted out, what time it was getting released around the world, she included Australia in there. Everything else was like, let me see, let me look at this tweet. Yeah, it was Sydney, London, NYC, LA. Those were the four places she included. And I was like, I remember thinking to myself, how weird you're- He's from Australia, clearly. Yes, he's from Australia. Thank you for for filling in that gap for people who don't know. I had to look that up. I had to look that up. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, Okay, so- she talks about, she says in there, build a home and watch it burn. Their home burned down in the Malibu fires. Ooh. So there's another reference. But here's where we get like okay. crazy, okay? Um, she, when they got married, 
Bruno Mars sang at the wedding. So, uh, one of his songs is, uh, let's see here. I forget the name of the song. Okay. Um, oh, when I was your man is the song. I should have bought you flowers and held your hand. Should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Take you to every party because all you wanted to do was dance. Now my baby's dancing, but she's dancing with another man. Lyrics in the chorus of this song. I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing. I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I can love me better than you can. That's... Like, whoa, like definitely an inference to that song. So I just got to give it up to my girl, Miley, you know, <coughs> just, just straight up going at him. Uh, you know, like I said, not something I would choose to do, but I could appreciate a good subtle diss track. And that is exactly what this is. So and she's so like what, been with someone she for a year. Her? Did he wrong what? her? I don't know. Did he wrong her? Nobody really nobody really knows what exactly happened to them breaking up. Um uh, mm. that's never really been like it just kind of was like done. Which was super weird because they'd gotten married like I think it was like less than a year before. They got married and then it was like, oh, we're really done this time. And they'd broken up before and gotten back together, you know, whatever. But um but didn't he? But didn't he have problems with with her shift in career and how she was presenting herself? I think she he had issues with that, and that's when they broke up first. Right, and then they got back together a few years after. When she kind when of she went back to being less. When she took it down, yeah. When she took it down a notch. A Ironically, right. that was uh, she came out with a song called Malibu during that time period when they got back together and then their house in Malibu burnt down. Uh, Mm. But anyways, yeah, I just, I just, I was just reading this story about all the similarities and I was like, so, you know, Miley doing her best Taylor (laughs) Swift. And I, I cannot, I cannot say I hate it. (laughs) I'm not a big I'm not anti-Miley. She's had some good songs. Part of you that say it's a jam straight up. Yes. Uh, I like that song. And Wrecking Ball? That's another one, right? Yeah. That's not my favorite something one. something with a Wrecking Ball. But that one is also about Liam Hemsworth. It's, it's called Wrecking Ball, right? Yes. And then uh, It's Our Party. We Can Do What We Want. What's that one called? Yep. Is that what it's called? It's Our Party? Um, yeah. So I know those three. I don't I think, the, I I don't those, think it's called that. I'm totally Spotify. blanking on what it's called. I have a very... It's vivid. That that song came out while I was in college, and uh, I have a very vivid college memory of some. Okay, we can't stop. We can't stop. stop. We have a very vivid college memory of a few of uh, my housemates at that time deciding to throw a party, and uh, those lyrics may have been used, and there may have been some housemates who were uh, not not in support of having this party. (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. That's the kind of party that can get the cops. Yeah, Call to the old college yeah, home. Yeah, there was there's some there's there's some people right. who were opposed. I may have uh I may have conveniently used my internship at a TV station to just not go home that night. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, 
gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stay squarely out of this. <laughs> Actually, did I drove that by my smart. house that night, and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And I called one of my friends, and I was like, can I just come stay at your house? I don't, I don't, I don't want to have any anything to do with this. I'm just stay it out. <laughs> you didn't want anything to do with the debauchery that was probably going on. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, you know, I knew there was some, I knew there were some differing opinions about this situation that was unfolding, and I decided I'm just going to remove myself entirely. So I'm going to remove myself from this Wise. narrative. Thank you. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. Th- <laughs> there's a lot of Miley songs that correlate to you know different things in my life i think party in the usa i think high school i remember you know cranking that driving into the jesuit parking lot at 7 a.m like okay here we go we're gonna have a good day at school today so there yeah but yeah so i i just i i respect her for uh i don't know if respect is the right word i appreciate her just you appreciate going straight in so all right wow we covered a lot of ground Good yes. work. Yeah. Am I going to see you at the 76ers game or Laker game? Are you going to make an appearance? Um, I don't I don't know. I don't think so though. We'll know. see. What what days are those? I always forget. Tonight's 76ers and Sunday is uh Lakers. Yeah. LeBron. No, I won't, I don't think I'll be at either of those unfortunately. Okay, then probably the next time I'll see you will be right here on the next episode yes. of Sports by Northwest at some point next week and uh I mean, what's going on? What else is going on in the sports world? Oh, we got to talk some hoops next week, probably. Yes. Let's check in on the Oregon hoops. Oregon hoops beat Arizona. Yeah. They just beat Cal. We'll check in on them and see if Dana Albany's turning that thing around. And of course, we have the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Playoff picks, real quick. Playoff picks for this weekend. Who you got? Gosh, I, I need to. I almost forgot. Look up. I need to look up all this stuff right now because, to be completely honest, okay, we got we got Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs Jaguars. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely Chiefs. Sorry to all my friends who I, I actually like have one of my best friends is a huge Giant. Jags fan and is going to the game, but sorry, man. Giants Eagles. Um, uh, I'll go uh, Eagles. Uh, Bengals Bills. Yeah, Bengals Bills. That's that's a difficult one for two. me. Um uh, I think I think we'll go Bengals. I think we'll go Bengals. Really? Okay, on that. I'm Bills on that one. I'm Bills on that okay. one. Dallas okay. 49ers. Yeah, that's 49ers Dallas, all 49. I'm going Dallas. It's, it's I a, think the Purdy thing ends. The Purdy the Purdy nonsense ends. Dallas gets it. The down. Purdy party ends. The Purdy party ends. All right, so we disagree on two. We disagree on the Sunday games and we agree on the Saturday games. See how we do. All right. That's it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate it. And we will catch you next week on the Sports by Northwest podcast brought to you by the Oregonian and OregonLive.com.